With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amen. This is a day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You're listening to Missionaries for Christ, Word of Faith Church. This is the hour of prayer. Good evening to everybody. Good evening. Amen. This is the hour of Bible study. Amen. I'll stand corrected. Amen. 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 All right. Uh, we thank God for everybody that's joining us on tonight. Um, just ask that everybody to call out who you are. Who's there? Amen. You're the only one. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> we thank God for um, you being here, so saying. And I'm going ready to turn it over to Pastor Lena after I pray. God, our Father, we come on this evening, God, to tell you thank you. Thank you, God, for allowing us another opportunity to come together to learn more about your word. Father God, that we might be great witnesses for the kingdom, that we might be great kingdom citizens. In the name of Jesus now, we pray, God, that you would allow your word, God, to um Get deep into our hearts and our minds. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 We're going to continue with our study. Uh, Dr. Miles Monroe, the purpose and power of God's glory in you. And we'll do a little short review. Um, we're coming down to our very last chapter. Um, tonight won't be the last chapter. We have one chapter, and we'll be we're finishing up the chapter we're in. And Tomorrow, next week, we'll be starting the last chapter, and we'll be finishing up the book. As we've been talking about today, for each and every believer, our number one goal in life is to bring glory to God. Uh, we understand that every living thing, everything created by God, um, <coughs> and has glory. Um, as we understand that, we know what glory is and what it means. When we look at the word glory, we're talking about the true nature, the full essence, or the true reality. Therefore, when we look at glory, is um, the glory of anything is the true essence and the nature of it. And everything that God created, he deposited his glory inside of that particular thing. Um, glory is the hidden truth of all created things. When we look at glory, we're talking about our manifest, we're looking at our manifested glory. Our purpose in life is for our glory to be manifested and to be put on showcase, to be put on display. And as we allow that to happen, then we are uh, bringing God glory, ultimately. Um, we look, when I look at glory for life, for me, um, since I've been studying this particular book, it, it more or less says to me uh, my purpose. You know, what, what is it God wants me to do? How he wants me um, to bring forth and to... Um, being all that I can be in the earth, because as I do all that I can do for what he has assigned me to do, then others are blessed. And when others are blessed, then he ultimately gets the glory out of 
my life. Amen. Amen. As we continue on with our, um, our review, we know that glory is a manifestation of one's nature through one's work. Um, in essence, we use our gifts, our talents to realize uh, visions and dreams given by the Creator. And when we do that, we are manifesting our glory. <clears throat> Sorry, we're manifesting the glory that has been deposited in us. As believers, we need to dedicate ourselves to glorifying our Creator uh, by working um, out our glory for His honor. We want God to be happy with us. We want Him to be pleased with our lives. We want Him to to be able to look down and say, uh, smile and say, that's my daughter or that's my son, um, and I am well pleased with you. Um, just like any parent wants to be able to smile and able to stick their chest out when their children are doing well, when their children are doing uh, what it is they have been assigned to do or they're being productive in the earth, it makes us smile. So when we do well and we follow um, what God has said us to do, we make him smile. Amen? Um, Amen. When we look at glory, um, if we look at Psalms 19 and 1, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. So just as the earth and the things in the earth and nature declare and shows forth God's glory, I just think he is most pleased when we as human beings who we created in his whom he created in his likeness and image. He is really um, ecstatic. When we so forth are his glory through our work, through our handiwork, through our uh, being what it is has purpose for us to be. Um, I was talking with Pastor a few days ago. We talked about a, a young person who um, God has gifted and, and given a talent to to do a, a specific job. And because of choices that the individual has, is, is making, um, you know, when young folks get grown, I'm, I'm grown, I do my own thing, I don't care what nobody else say. Um, this, this young person is in that type of, of frame of thinking that that person is not bringing God the most glory out of their life because one of the gifts that God had given him was in a particular job. And when he lost that job or he got away from that job, now he's doing a job that it's not a, a little job or a nothing job, but it's not the job that God called him to. When we, when we do what it is that God has called us to do, um, it ultimately, um, it brings God glory, but it also blesses somebody else. Um, we talk about gifts and talents. When we are operating in the gifts and talents that God gives us, we, we have a joy, we have a happiness, we have a comfort about doing that particular thing, but also the people that you are serving when you are utilizing those gifts and talents they ultimately are getting a special blessing because they're not just getting your gift or talent, but they're getting your gift or talent that is specifically designed for them at this particular time by God through you. Um, that kind of even takes me to this, and Pastor, help me and if I'm on the right track with this, when it says we have men give unto your bosom. So sometimes the people that give unto your bosom, they're specifically designed, they're ordained to give unto your bosom. 
Um, our gifts and talents are specifically ordained for certain people. There are certain children that I need to encounter in life. There are certain adults that I need to encounter in life. And when I encounter them, I have a responsibility to them, um, a God-given responsibility to serve them in the manner in which God has placed them in my life to serve them. And so ultimately when we're doing those things and when I'm doing that, God is now getting the glory. But then it's a, it's a comfort for me. I, you know, when you're doing the job that God has called you to do, you can just do it and you have no second thoughts about it. You have no reservation in your mind about it. When you're doing a job that's a hard job, it's hard for you to get to, it's hard for you to get up, hard for you to get motivated to do the job, it's hard for you to do the job with honesty and, and integrity, then maybe that's not what God has called you to do. You know, I often tell young people as they're making career choices um, that what is it that you like to do that you could do without getting paid? You could do anytime, day or night, and be just as content about doing it. Whatever that thing is, ultimately that is a direction that you should go because our gifts and talents, our gifts and talents that God gives us to utilize in the kingdom are often, they, you know, they, we often can do them without having to get paid for it. You're not looking mm-hmm. for a paycheck doing it and you're getting a joy out of what you're doing. You're having a happiness through what you're doing. Amen? Anybody Amen. Amen, amen. Amen. As we continue on, we talked about four principles of the glory in creation. The first principle was that God created everything with glory. That's number one. We understand that. And we go back to Genesis 1 and 1. It talks about in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Because God is a creator by nature, it is only natural that his creation will reflect his glory. So God mm-hmm. is a creator. He created us. So naturally, we are creators by nature. Um, that's why we have these great inventions. That's why the world has all the things that it has in there, because God created us to create. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And I'm going to be a little biased. I think in the, in the African-American culture, this Lena, in the African-American culture, I feel like that we are extremely talented. We're extremely gifted in our ability to create things. and to develop things. And I, I think even some of it comes from the hardship that that we've come about to be able to survive, our, able to, our ability to persevere beyond all circumstances, I think also helps to, has helped to mold us in such a manner that we can naturally create and come up with some things that ultimately are great. Um, do we always get them out yeah. there to, to, to get its full push? publicity or for other people to use, not always, but we have some great abilities. Um, everything God made um, has its own unique glory, which reflects his glory. So everybody's not created to be a teacher. Everybody's not created to be a doctor. You know, some people can't even stand blood, so you definitely don't want that person to be your doctor. Um, everybody's <laughs> not created to um, cook. <laughs> some people don't like to wash their hands, so you don't want them to be your cook, you know. So, right. I mean, if you, know, you know your gifts and talent, what you're created to do, because I always say that it's something that you could do without having a second thought about it. Um, and then don't be um, envious or jealous or, or, or hard-hearted by it because one person's talent um, is doing well and, and maybe other people want it. Um, it doesn't mean that your talent is any less. You know, it's just that it's not the season for yours. 
you know, and so we don't, we, we as a people sometimes have a tendency to be a little jealous about what other people are doing, but instead of being jealous, let's celebrate one another and be able to uh, put ourselves in the position so when it's our time to sign that others will celebrate us. Our second principle of uh, creation, our second principle of glory in creation is God created everything to manifest its glory. When I say manifest, I mean to bring forth, to shine, to bring it out. God's original design uh, was that every creature, uh, by becoming everything it, it was created to be, would manifest its own unique glory. So let's say that again. His original design was that every creature, by becoming everything that it was created to be, would manifest its own unique glory. And so that's why we can't be jealous about what somebody else is doing, because each one of us have our own unique glory. Even if two of us are doing the same thing, we still have a uniqueness about it because because of who we are. Um, No two people are exactly the same, even twins. They have a different fingerprint. They may have the same bloodline, but they have different fingerprints because no two people are exactly the same. So we all have a uniqueness about us that sets us apart, that makes us who we are. And when we we know who we are and who we are, we can allow the glory that resides in us to manifest, and God will ultimately receive um, the glory from the works that we do. a third point of glory in creation is that God is pleased when glory is seen. God is pleased when we allow his glory to be on display in our lives. Um, if you look at Genesis throughout the first chapter, we find God looking at his creation with pleasure and expressing expressing his pleasure in words when he said when he said it was good. After everything he did, he was like, it is good. It yeah. is good. That was his consistent um, statement, you know, that it is good. He expressed a pleasure when the things that he created brought forth uh, that glory. It's shown. Um, it's just like, again, I always take it back to parenting. When parents see their children doing a great thing, when parents see their children uh, growing it makes us smile. It makes us happy. And so God is the same way. When we allow his glory to be seen, he's happy about it. When we allow our gifts and talents to be hid up under a tree, they're good for nothing. You might as well not have it because God is not getting any glory out of it. Um, ultimately, the, the word is not going forth. People are not being blessed the way God would desire that others will be blessed. Uh, we're not giving unto other men's bosom through our gifts and talents because we are hiding. So as believers, we definitely don't want to hide our gifts and talents. We want them to be manifested so that God can get the ultimate glory. Amen? Yeah. The fourth purpose is that um, God created man as the ultimate exposure of his glory. Like, we are the masterpiece. When we look at um, all those great artists and, and creators of old, uh, Michelangelo and, and all of those great artists, each one of them had a, a specific masterpiece, a piece of work that they were most proud of, a piece of work that uh, really caused.
cause them to stick their chest out and really be overly uh, 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 excited about. And when you look at man, that's what we are to God. We are the masterpiece that makes him the most proud. Remember that even in the beginning when he uh, created man, he says he was going to create man in his likeness and his image. He wanted man to be just like him. Amen? And he loved us so much that he didn't only create us in his likeness and image in our framework, but he also gave to us his spirit when he blew into the nostrils of man, his spirit, so that we became a living soul, we became a being. You know, and so that's amazing within itself when you think about um, life and how life goes to be uh, so special. Um, I have little kids in my classes now who don't think that they're special, who don't have any joy about life, who um, actually downbeat themselves and, and, and talk about themselves and call themselves all type of, of negative things. And so I always work very hard to bring forth the positive. I have positive um, um, sayings that they have to recite. You know, I make them write them and I recite them and we talk about them and I, I tell them how special they are uh, because everything that God created was good. But when he got to man, man was half good for him. Amen. We were an expression of him. Amen. 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 Those are the four points of uh, glory in nation. Amen. Um, Amen. Well, not God, but the author here continued on. And in our next part, we're going to be talking about releasing um, the five tools to releasing the glory of God. So now that we know that we have the glory, we know that we are uh, um, God's creation, we understand all of that, now it is important for us to release it and understand how to release it. It's not for us to just hold on to. Um, you got you got $50 and just hold on to the $50. You just got $50. It does you no good. But when you release that $50, that $50 could then go and make you more money. That $50 can then do more things. If you take it and put it in the savings account, they could draw you some interest. If you take it and you invest it in something else, you can get some money back from it. If you take it and you throw it into the kingdom, you can get back from it. But if you take it and you hold on to it, and you just hold on to it and hold on to it, it does you no good. Pastor's been teaching about giving. When you give, it does you well because you are blessed when you give. Amen. You, are, are, you, you increase when you actually give. Um, God's way of, of increasing our lives and bringing about prosperity in our lives is through us giving. When we give, he gives back to us more than we could ever imagine. And sometimes, as Pastor was stating in his teaching about giving, we're not just giving um, our finances, but we're giving our time, we're giving our talent, we're giving our treasure. Amen. And when we give those things, when God gives back to us, he gives back to us things that we can't even imagine. Um, again, I'd like to always go back to my friend who, um, who's who been battling uh, cancer for years. And he, as a matter of fact, he just got out of the hospital um, this past weekend, I believe it was. He went in for a stem cell treatment, some type of something to help him uh, battle this next phase of cancer that he is facing. But regardless of what he has gone through, you know, even though he's been through a lot, he's had to lose his job, he's done this, he's done that. He continues to keep the faith because he realized that regardless of what everything else, the more that I give out, the more that I spread God's word, the more that I share with others, 
the more God gives back to me. So he's not looking for God to give him finances, but he's looking at God giving him continued life, even through his sickness, even through this attack on his body. God is giving him life. And then also, um, he, he posted uh, last week, because the stem cell and the hospital stay and all of that was pretty expensive. And I, I believe he's at a point he kind of exhausted a lot of his finances to manage his, managing his health. But he got the message last week that his hospital bill was paid in full. Now, that is Hallelujah. I get on Facebook and preach to people, too, and teach to people. And really? Yes, Lord. God is going to take care of things that are beyond my ability to control. Amen. Not yes. only does God give him continued life through this situation, God is also taking care of his financial needs as well. But the word says that he Amen. will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. So we stand on those promises of God's word. We stand on the truth of God's word, which affords us the opportunity to tap into and to receive that which God says he's going to give us. Amen. If we look at Matthew, the fifth chapter, and the 16th verse, he tells us, he says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. This is why it's important for us to release the glory that God has inside of us. Because he tells us in Matthew to let the light shine. When we allow our glory to go forth, when we release it, when we give it to others, when we share, when we uh, uh, put it out there for somebody else to be able to utilize, it says that let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. Your works, the work that you're doing, you people to understand that Jesus is Lord. As I talked about the young lady or last, uh, on Sunday who felt like God had failed her. As believers, we got to let people know that Jesus is Lord. So as we're walking in faith, as we're walking in love, as we're walking in forgiveness, as we're utilizing our gifts and talents for the kingdom, as we're operating in the gifts and the purpose in which God has created us, we're letting the world know that Jesus is love. We're letting them know that Jesus yes. is real. He is a reality. There's a reality to serving him. It's not just something that we're just doing because we can't find nothing else to do. Amen. 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 Any questions or thoughts before I move on? Amen. Amen. So if we look at the five keys, start out at Okay, does anyone have any questions or thoughts that they want to share? No. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. All right, I just don't you know you know how I go. So just let me go. All right. So if we look at the five keys to releasing our glory, releasing the glory of God that is within us. The first key is the glory of God needs to be, needs the presence of God in order to be manifest, okay? But it's talking about the proper environment, talking about your relationship with the Father, talking about the time that you spend, not just calling on him when you're in trouble, not just calling on him when it's a 911. You know, when it's 911, you're calling for an emergency, calling for somebody to come quick. Um, as a matter of fact, I saw on the news uh, this morning about this lady 
call 911 because she needed formula for her baby. And yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess it was an emergency. I don't know. But to her, it probably was an emergency when you got a crying baby that needs milk. Um, but we don't want God to be a 911. We don't want God to be uh, the one that we only call when it's an emergency. We don't want to call God only when we want to bed. Amen. We want to talk to God Amen. other times. We want a relationship. So in building that relationship with the Father, that helps to make uh, that makes the, the atmosphere, that sets the environment for his glory to be revealed out in our lives. Because so just as a seed needs soil to bring forth a tree um, that is trapped inside, so we need the presence of God to bring forth the person, our true self, that he created us to become. No matter how high our goals are, no matter how lofty our dreams are, they will never come to pass until we create the right atmosphere in the presence of God. Now, we can, our dreams can come to pass or our desires can come to pass. And I think sometimes people get dreams and desires that they, they want, but they're not necessarily God's perfect will for their lives. Because remember, God has two wills. He has a perfect will. He has a permissive will. So sometimes we get, uh, what? Huh? Someone has something to share? Uh-uh. I was trying to explain that God has more than two wheels. Not only do we have the uh, permissive wheel, and most of all, you say a perfect wheel, we have a predestined also. So, just. What's the last thing you said? What is the last thing you said? Predestined wheel. A predestined wheel. Ah, predestined wheel. Oh, Oh, suggestion wheel. Oh, okay. Predestined. Predestined. Okay. Like, like it was was appointed unto man wants to die. Predestined. Okay. All right. So we have the predestined will of God, we have the perfect will of God, and we have the permissive will of God. So sometimes when people, um, the things that people want, things that we want, we can get because some things we want uh, fall in his permissive will for our lives. So we, we, it falls, because that's what we want, not necessarily the perfect will that he has designed for us. So when we're Mm -hmm. dealing with manifesting the glory and spending time in building relationship and spending time in fellowship with God, he will then help to lead and guide you to that perfect will for your life. You will come to know what it is that he wants you to do. You will find yourself consistently falling into some of the same situations like, why am I always counseling people? Why people always call me about their kids? Why people always call me about their marriage? And after a while, you'll come to realize that, God will even begin to lead you toward teaching and learning different things when it comes to, to, to marriage or when it comes to children to help you as you are helping other people through their, through their situation. Um, 
when I was talking about the, the permissive will, when a lot of times people get things in God's permissive will, and when we get things in his permissive will, we're not, we're not happy. They, they have a temporal, temporal life for us. They have a temporal happiness for us. Um, a lot of times it, it doesn't last, you know, and so you know that sometimes that we, we fall into those areas, we, those things that don't last. Sometimes it's, it's just not where God would have us to be. So we have to go back to the drawing board and make the environment, our spiritual environment, conducive so that God can speak to us, conducive so that God can lead us. Uh, Again, we don't always want to go 911. We want to go sometimes when we need to go to God and we're just listening. We're just listening for his voice. We're listening for his direction. We're listening for his will for our lives. Amen? Amen. The second key to releasing the glory of God in our lives is the presence of God. Um, the presence of God conducive to the glory of God. It says, in other words, the presence is a conduit through which the glory comes. Just as electricity um, needs a conducive substance in order for the current to flow through the, the circuit. God needs a conductor in order to flow into our lives. The conductor is the presence of God. God's presence provides a conducive or proper environment for us to bring forth that glory that's trapped inside of us. So we, we have to be willing. We have to be submissive to his will. We have to be submissive to his word. We have to be submissive we have to submit ourselves to to his, his word, to his will, to his way, so that he could use us, so that he can come speak through us and he can speak to us that we may be able to bring forth the manifested glory that is inside of us. The third key is that um, man was created to live and function in the presence of God. So a lot of times as believers, we, we get out of the will of God. We get out of the way of God because of our sin nature. One thing I thank God for is that he has his, uh, his open-door policy that when we mess up, we can ask for forgiveness and we can get ourselves back in the right place and right fellowship with him. But we have to make, work hard to keep ourselves in the presence of God or in, in the way that he would have us to go. When we're outside of his presence, we malfunction. <laughs> we mess up. When we're outside of his presence, we cannot bring forth his glory. That's on the inside of us. So when we're doing our own thing, when we're going in our own direction, we're not able to bring forth what God has inside of us because we are not in the right place. Again, the environment is not conducive to be productive. The the uh, will of God is not uh, being able to be heard. You're not able to hear it because we're in the wrong place. Um, it's just like trying to put a square peg in a round hole. You know, we can't, it's not going to fit. You know, and so as believers, we have to make sure that we, we kind of keep ourselves in a conducive environment. It helps when we are in fellowship with one another. It helps when we come together to hear God's word um, as a congregation. It helps when we are praying together. It helps when we are on one accord. The Bible says, well, there are two or three on one accord touching and agreeing on the same thing, that he'll be a God in the midst. It helps. Those things help. 
um, it's challenging to be a believer and never be in the environment of other believers. Um, there's a, a, a something that talks about iron sharpening iron. You know, we have to be where we can sharpen each other, where we can help each other, where we can support each other, where we can pray for each other. So we have to be in a conducive environment. And when we're outside of that environment, um, I don't know how people feel, but I know when I don't go to church, if I miss a Sunday at church, I feel like I'm outside of my environment. When we don't have Bible study, I feel like I'm outside my environment. I need those things on a consistent basis and not just those things. I need more. You know, and so sometimes I have to listen to uh, re- retakes of Pastor Sermon on Sunday. I have to go play it on the radio and listen to it throughout the week so that I can keep myself in the right place, so that I can keep myself on track with God's word as opposed to being caught up in the things of this world. You know, and if, if we don't ever spend time hearing the word, reading the word, uh, thinking about the word, and building our relationship with the Father, we're going to put ourselves in the position to be outside, to be malfunctioned, okay? So this is going to be very easy for us to do the things that the world does because we have nothing that rules us. We have nothing that guides us. But when we are spending time in God's word, when we are hearing his word, when we are studying his word, when we are reading his word, when we are praying with him and having fellowship with God, we get to a point where he really rules our life to a point where we feel bad when we do the wrong thing. Amen. We have a, a sin consciousness Amen. that we understand that we messed up as a believer. Amen. Amen. Any thoughts before I move on? I just got one thought because I hear people say that uh, that little saying all the time that you can't put the square into the hole in the round hole. But that's mm-hmm. not true. You can. It's going to take a lot of work, and it, it'll shave off some of the square, but eventually it might fit in. <laughs> so that when I <laughs> thought about that, I think about how hard it is to make yourself fit into situations that you ain't supposed to be in. You're going to lose part of yourself. It's going to take a lot mm-hmm. of work. It's going to be a hard fight. So I just I just thought about that. We hear that all the time, but that ain't, you know, sometimes it, it could be true. That it will fit. It's just going to take a lot of work, and you're going to lose something in the process of making yourself fit in there. You're absolutely correct about that. Um, And, you know, you think about it, the things that what you lose when you force yourself to be in an environment that is not conducive to your spiritual walk. Um, I thought about thinking about as a young person, um, I went to church every Sunday as a young girl coming up, and uh, when, but on the weekend on Friday and Saturday night, my friends was going to the going to the school dance, you know. And I went to the school dance, but I didn't fit in at the school dance, you know. I, I was there, you know, and even sometimes I'm sure I probably did some of the things that they did. Why? Just to try to fit in, you know. I'm shaving myself off, squeezing myself into this to this round this round hole, you know what I'm saying? Because I knew I can't be the church girl at the school dance. <laughs> it wasn't cool to be the church girl. You know, and so you're right, you lose so much of yourself. You know, and now as an adult I understand what I was doing was wrong, you know, because I know better. But, you know, as a young person coming along back then, you know, hey, you're gonna do what you do, you know, and even our young people today, they still have that same thought. But you have some adults that have that thought. 
You know, I can remember uh, making a foolish statement when Pastor became a minister. Like, God called him. He ain't called me. (laughs) I didn't realize when when the call was appointed, when it was predestined that this would be our life, that it was our life in ministry. It was not his life in ministry. And as a consequence, I saw a lot of older ministers' wives, and and they were kind of wayward, and their lives were miserable because they had that that frame of thinking that God called the man, but he didn't call me. But when actually when the call is placed placed on the family, it's not just a one-person call, you know. And so um, thank God to Bishop Ivy Hilliard and his teacher because he – uh, is the one that helped set the groundwork and the pace work to open it up for us to come to understand that. You know, we knew we worked together in ministry, but we didn't realize the magnitude of us working together of where God actually had for us to do. Amen? Amen. I just want to add a little bit to that. Um, just because God called the whole family to ministry don't necessarily mean that he called everybody to minister or to preach the gospel. Amen. Uh, so that we know that everybody ain't called to preach in the pulpit, but everybody's called to preach in the street. Amen. 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 Thanks for that. Thanks for that clarification, Pastor. Amen. <laughs> All right. Um when God created us in his image and with his likeness and um, and um, his characteristics, he created us to function like him. Sin is what took us out of God's covering presence and made us unholy. God knows that we cannot function properly without his presence, and he will do whatever is necessary to restore us. That's why Jesus came, to cleanse us from our sin with his blood, to change our unholiness to holiness, our unrighteousness to righteousness, and bring us back to the conducive environment of God's presence so that the glory in us can come out. This is why it all occurred. God loves us so much that he, he, he wanted us back. You know, he wanted his masterpiece back. And he took, paid the ultimate price through the life of his son to get his masterpiece back. But now it's important for us as the masterpiece to work on staying in relationships, staying in the right place, because it's easy to get out. But it's, work, it's up to us to work on it, to put some, some work, some effort into it so that we um, can be where God wants us to be, so we can be used by him um, to do the great things that he wants done. I always say that I don't know about you, but I would love to live in a great environment where there was love just going all throughout the city and the country. That would be amazing. You know, it's like you, you wouldn't even know how to act. But how can we get some of that to even start? We have to start. It has to start with us. It has to start with us loving. It has to start with us being produ- productive in our walk with Christ. It has to start with us allowing the glory of God to be manifested in the earth. And you just think about it, if the body of Christ alone would just begin to manifest his glory, 
Wow, what a change we would have in this world. What a change. I mean, I couldn't even imagine. Like, I even like it. I'm so, so, uh, I guess, special that I like it when I go down south. And if you drive past the people, they be saying, hey, y'all. I'd be like, hey, y'all. My family be like, would you shut up? But I like it because I love the, just the relationship. I just love the idea that everybody just speaks to everybody. You don't have to know them. You know, you just ride down the street and be like, hey, y'all. Everybody be like, hey, y'all. You know, and so even in my community where I live now, I, when I see some of my neighbors, I wave my hand at them. I don't know them by name. I know which house they go to, but I wave at them. You know, I nod my head. The people next door, I speak to them, you know, and try to talk to them because I, I just believe that me sharing some love will help share some, shed some love in somebody else's life. And if I give it, you know, to them, then they, maybe they can take it and give some to somebody else. And after a while, we begin to have a more peaceable place to live. And I, I just think that would be amazing. Amen? Yes. Oh. Amen. Our fourth um, key to releasing the glory of God is praise. Praise, an ideal environment for man and creation. If the presence of God is necessary and conducive environment for the glory to come out, and if we were created to function in God's presence, then praise is the ideal environment for us. Why? Because praise attracts the presence. We don't praise God to glorify him, but to get his presence in our midst. Praise is something we can do anytime, anywhere. Praise. Um, the right environment. An environment of praise. Let's look at Psalms 34 and 1. 34 and 1. Talking about praise. As soon as someone has it, just let me know. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continue to be in my mouth. Okay. He has given each and every one of us a private praise ministry. God wants us to praise him continually because he wants us in his presence continually. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise will continually, continually, continually keep going, always present in my mouth. Praise makes it possible. Uh, praise attracts the presence of God and maintains the presence of God and is a prerequisite for the presence of God. When we praise God with our lips and our hearts, he shows his approval and acceptance by manifesting his presence in our midst. That's when we worship. True worship takes place. So when we do praise and worship on, even on Sunday morning, this kind of just brought me to this thought, praise and worship on Sunday morning, I think I've talked about this before, it, praise is like everybody, it's something everybody needs to do. It's something everybody needs to take part of. It's, something, it's not just us doing it before you and you just there. But praise is something that you want to do. Praise is something that you want to. 
based on Psalms 34 and 1. Bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth, continuously. As you set the atmosphere to praise, then you can move from praise into true worship. Because what happens is it's not only on your lips as you're praising, it eventually gets to the point where it's your heart. So now you're not just praising him with your lips, but you're praising him with your whole heart. You're positioning yourself so that God can be in the midst. So whatever it is that you need from God, whatever it is that you want to be, you want to have a, a, a commune with God concerning, when you get him in your midst in true worship, you can make your request known. And you can be assured that he is there to answer and see, see you through whatever you may be facing. When we, when we don't, don't put forth the effort to praise, when we don't put forth the effort to set the atmosphere so that true worship can go forth, so that his word can go forth, so that he can speak to us. So even as the pastor is preaching, so that he can speak to you, even as pastor is speaking. Because even as pastor is speaking, do you know that God is speaking to each one of us what he wants us to know and what he wants us to hear, what he wants us to take from it? It's just like a meal. When you go to a, a, a restaurant and the, the server brings out the food, and everybody could have the exact same meal. Let's say some, a salad. Salad is simple. Everybody could have the exact same salad with the exact same seasoning, with the exact same uh, 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 sauce, uh, dressing. But when each person tastes that salad, it tastes different in everybody's mouth. Everybody's taste buds are different. So you can have the exact same thing, but it tastes different to each and every person. And that's how the word of God is. When the when pastor begins to preach the word of God, after the atmosphere has been set for the word of God to go forth, when he begins to preach, the message is different for each and every one of us. Because we're all different individuals. We all have different situations. We all have different thoughts. You may come there today and your thought may be uh, thinking about your children. You may come there and you may be thinking about uh, your job or, or somebody else may be thinking about uh, a, a future plan or investing, whatever you may be thinking about. Whatever is in your heart, whatever is concerning your heart, God can speak to you through that message uh, that he, that pastor is preaching and everybody will get can get what they need from the message. That's how God does. It's like uh, a pot of vegetable soup. All right now. Every vegetable has its own vitamin. Mm. So when everybody eats, everybody gets the vitamin they need. Mm-hmm. So. Amen. Amen. Any questions or before we move on? Amen. So our last key is key number five to releasing the glory of God is the presence of God releases the glory of God. When all of these things are in place, everything is in place, you got the right atmosphere, you got everything conducive uh, for, for, for God's glory to be manifested. When all these things are in place, um, God will manifest his presence and release his glory. This is not a formula. <laughs> by which you can force it, oh, God, to dance to your tune. God is sovereign, and he cannot be manipulated, okay? The critical factor in this is the attitude of our spirit. 
God responds eagerly and willingly to the hunger of our hearts, the cries and the praise of the people who approach him in humility and repentance. Okay? You know, there are things we have to do. You know, we, we have to repent. We have to be humble. Um, we have to be true. Our, our, our purpose and our, our, our praise, our worship has to come from our heart. You know, we, we have to set ourselves up to be able to receive from God. If we don't prepare ourselves, um, have you ever baked the cake well mixed up some cake mix, and when you got done, you had too much cake mix for the pan, so you but you put it in there anyway because it wasn't really enough to save for a second cake, and you put it in the oven, and after a while, when the cake starts to rise, it's bubbling out in the oven, and now you got to clean the oven. Uh, we can't come in there and have all that stuff because we're going to be bubbling over, and we won't be able to get what God wants us to have. So we have to come as empty vessels. We have to come with hearts of repentance. We have to come in humility. We have to come uh, uh, with a sincere heart before God so that we can receive what he has for us, so he can stir up the gifts that he has inside of us, so that he can remind us of things that he has told us, so that he can lead us and guide us to all truth, because he's willing to do it for us. He wants to do it for us. But we have to be in a position that we can receive it. I like the story that that, uh, Bishop Jakes, uh, one of the uh, things that he shows sometimes, he talks about carrying around uh, extra baggage. And he he does this demonstration with all these suitcases, and he has a person walking, and they're pulling all this extra baggage. They're carrying stuff. They're carrying unforgiveness. They're carrying hatred. They're carrying anger. They're carrying bitterness. They're carrying all these things. They're just carrying them with them. And after a while, they have so much stuff, that they can't get where they're going because the stuff is weighing them down. But we have to have hearts of repentance. We have to have hearts of forgiveness so that those things don't weigh us down, so that we can get in a place where God can use us, he can speak to us, he can deposit more of himself in us, he can stir up the gifts inside of us, and that his glory can then be manifested in us, and that we can spread it throughout the world. As Matthew said, let our light so shine before men that they may glorify the Father. They may see our works and glorify the Father. That's what we want to do. That's our ultimate goal. Amen? Amen. 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 Any questions or thoughts in our last seven minutes? Anything anybody want to share? Okay. So you know, go ahead. Uh, you know, I've been going to the doctor since the the fifth of this month, and all the tests they're running, I've been thanking and praising God. They all been negative for things that everybody thought that might could have been wrong. They gave me uh, tests for uh, lupus, uh, for thyroid troubles, everything. But everything came out negative, and I just thank and praise God. The only thing that they seen was fluid on my lungs. And I said, that's probably because I'm getting old. He said, yeah, that could be it. All right. But I've been thanking and praising God that everything is not, it hasn't come out to be really serious, serious uh, issues with my health. 
But it's just okay. that I, I know for a fact that God telling me, you got to slow down. You know, you can't mm-hmm. do like you used to do when you was 30 years old, doing five different oh. things at once. You can't do that no more. You just have to slow down, take your time, do what you're going to do. You know, so I've been thanking mm-hmm. and praising him for, for guiding me, giving me wisdom and knowledge that I, you know, have since now. You got to slow down. You can't do what you used to do no more. And I just thank and praise him for giving me the, the mind to just listen at him and stop trying to do my own thing. Amen. 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 Early grade. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We thank God for you listening as well. Amen. Anyone else have anything they want to share? Amen. All right, Pastor, take it away. All right. Thank everybody for attending class tonight. Um, again, um, thank Pastor Lena for the lesson. Amen. Amen. You got one <laughs> and a half hour. <laughs> Amen. Um. Don't forget, uh, we're going to be celebrating uh, February birthdays this coming Sunday. Um, this is a, this is the last Sunday of the month coming up. Jeez. Yeah, February is gone. Wow. Amen. So we thank God that He have already brought us basically through two months of the year. Amen. 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 Before you know it, it'll be Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yep, the way it's going. Sure, Amen. Amen. Continue to pray for our country, our world, um, that God will get glory out of his people. Uh, pray, pray for pastors, preachers, and teachers of the word of God. Um, if that'll be all, we're going to pray. Um, don't forget, pray for Pastor Lena and I. Uh, we're getting on the plane tomorrow, going to see our pastor. Amen. 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 Unless we want y'all to come see us, we want to go see our pastor. Amen. 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 God, we you. We praise you. We magnify your name. We pray now, God, that you would touch and have mercy on all of us, God, as we continue to study your word, as we continue, Father God, to endeavor, Father God, to keep your truth, Father God, and to endeavor, Father God, to be partners with you in this kingdom mission, Father God. We pray, God, that you'll bless everyone that's sick. Father God, those that have um, insufficiencies, Father God, we pray that you would give them what they need. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Good night, everybody. Have a great night. God bless you is my prayer. Remember that we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. 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 Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.